You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios, the local, the state, the national man. We cover down on all the issues. and Like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, this is that day we call Friday Eve. Friday Eve. It's not Thursday. It's not Thursday, which is Boomer's least favorite day of the week. It's Friday Eve. Am I right, bud? That's right. That's right. <laughs> it is not Thursday. It's Friday Eve, which makes it way better. It's pretty outside. I had the windows down when I was driving the day. That's crazy, because the other day it was so cold, you go outside, <laughs> like limbs would snap off as you walk down the sidewalk. Just, That's right. Just so. unreal. Uh, yeah, wait for the weather. If you don't like the weather in Alabama, wait 10 minutes. It'll change. Yeah, That's right. There we go. Or at least a day. Um, yeah. <laughs> And by the way, I am right now speaking on a brand new microphone that Boomer has hooked me up with. I got to say, my voice sounds silky smooth right now, like <laughs> like big, sexy voice now. I got the super microphone going. I, I feel like a rock star. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> There's some fine tuning to it, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. Well, thank you, my brother, my techno whiz brother. I appreciate you very much. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you here today. 3.30 p.m. today, Stephanie Smith will be on with us. We're going to be talking about some stuff that goes right into our triple dipper. Stephanie always has amazing feedback, amazing commentary. So we'll get her on here today at 3.30. It's going to be an interesting conversation. It's number two of the triple dipper, which I'll get to in just a minute. So 3.30 p.m., Stephanie Smith, one of our best regular commenters, will be on the air with us. And then that Triple Dipper, man, it is full. Hit it, Boomer. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. So number one, ready the force. Ready the force. Is the force ready? And we're going to talk about recruiting. What's going on in the world of military recruiting right now? Where are we? All you green suitors out there at the Arsenal and over there at uh, Anderson Army Depot down yonder at Maxwell Air Force Base, people in this listening audience who are veterans and have service members, you may care about the status of the force more so than most, but I know that we have a very patriotic audience in general. So the end result is this has been one of those topics that seems to resonate with the audience. Where's our military? How are we doing? What's going on with us? Well, recruiting? Mm, a little rough. A little rough right now, and some of the standards are being you know, lowered or jimmied, or some of the bonuses are being raised. We'll talk about it. Number one on the Triple Dipper, ready the force. Number two of the Triple Dipper, and this is where Stephanie Smith will be calling in, big fat lies. Big fat lies. Not skinny ones, not little bitty ones, big old fat lies. And what I'm talking about here is those amazing politicians who can lie on their resume, pretend that they are something that they aren't, and still get elected anyway and pretend like it never happened. Republicans and Democrats, that's going to be a bipartisan discussion about big old fat lies. And we'll talk about that as number two on the Triple Dipper. And then number three, little play on words here, green blackouts. Green blackouts. So we just had rolling blackouts for the first time in TVA's almost nine-decade history. We just had rolling blackouts. That's a third-world country thing. Rolling blackouts, that's where the grid can't sustain the level of usage being required of it, and they have to shut down portions at a time so that some people can have power, others can't. A rolling blackout, that's, uh, that's weird. 
Why is that? Is it because their energy portfolios are now too diverse and they can't sustain the grid during high peak times? Well, we'll talk about it. And there's also some commentary recently came out from uh, Mo Brooks and from Dale Strong, who's headed to Congress to replace Mo. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Number three on the Triple Dipper, green blackouts. All right, but listen, uh, you're going to enjoy this monologue. Man, I'm telling you right now, this is the, this is the monologue. If, if I've ever had a monologue that said, America, it's this one. I mean, like, America, just hold my beer, America. This is the best monologue for America that I have ever heard. All right, y'all may remember, a story came out about a year ago. Dodge Motor Company, Dodge creating the dream job for one lucky contest winner. Do you remember this? Every once in a while, one of those stories comes up that just kind of screams out that this is the greatest, wealthiest, most audacious country ever in the history of ever. I stumbled across the story quite by accident, but I'm a, I'm a car guy, muscle cars in particular. And this cool article caught my attention, and the headline just took me to faraway places in my mind, man. So you ready for this? Here was the original headline that I found about a year ago. Quote, Dodge will pay someone... $150,000 to drive a Hellcat muscle car for a year. Hello. Hello, Mr. Dodge. My name is Phil Williams. I want to be your friend. So apparently the person was scheduled to be designated as the chief donut maker. Donuts. <laughs> There's donuts. Donuts. And drive a Hellcat around and serve as an ambassador of goodwill for Dodge. Come on. That's an epic gig, man. Well, the contest did indeed happen. Dodge enlisted the assistance of wrestler and famed muscle car guy Bill Goldberg to host the competition, and the winner was crowned this past spring. A guy named Preston Patterson is now the official chief donut maker for Dodge, making a cool $150,000 a year and literally doing donuts at events around the nation in a 2022 Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat. How cool is that? How America is that? Anyone who knows me personally knows that there's two loves, well, four-wheeled loves, I mean, in my life, Jeeps and muscle cars. I've got friends who love fine driving, sophisticated style, refined characteristics. Me, I have a love for raw horsepower and brute force. You heard me talk about my first car in the past. I know I've talked about it on the show. I'm going to talk about it again right now. You ready? I got it when I was 17. It was a 68 Mustang. A standard coupe, mind you, but it had a sweet little 289 V8. And after I had it bored 30 over, added a Holley 650 carburetor, hooker headers, an Edelbrock aluminum intake, crane cam, and a Mallory distributor, I was hooked. I ran that thing on classic Krager mags, ripped all over Huntsville in that sweet ride. And of course, since we're talking about the 1980s, my friend George, if you're listening, you know for a fact we had a pair of Jensen Triox speakers in the back with 60-watt power booster under the dash. And laugh if you want to, young people, but I could rock some Van Halen over the sound of my glass pack mufflers while I was cruising down Bailey Crove Road on a Friday night. Yes, sir. I loved that car, though, y'all. I loved it. To this day, there's a picture of it on the shelf in my office. I even... Tell you the truth, I even asked Charlene to marry me in it. It was a 68 Mustang, so now you know the reason why the right side phone number is 83368-RIGHT. But I say all that to say the American dream still lives, right? That Dodd story, that's pure, solid, unadulterated, pressed down but not shaken America. Think about it. What other country in the world has stuff like that going on? I mean, I get it. Good things happen in other places, sure. But right here, we have got it so good, and too often it becomes too easy to take it all for granted. How many countries in the world have a constitution that guarantees, actually guarantees, certain rights like speech and religion and due process and more? How many countries in the world make it a reasonable expectation that you will have access to clean water, electricity, and even cable TV? 
Where else can you go where your ability to drive on paved roads to virtually anywhere is assured and off-road is a choice? I mean, how many national archives in other countries of this world are filled with documents that indicate that freedom was the motivator for the establishment of their governance, as opposed to dominance or mere profit? And are you aware that in many places in this very world, you cannot worship freely, or at least not worship as you would choose, but we do? Have you considered the number of countries in the world in which property rights are generally considered sacred, where the courts are there for the purpose of ensuring that we remain a nation of laws? Where else can you find that the common man can rise to do uncommon things like you can here? That's where we are, y'all. That's where we live. Now, there will always be naysayers, and there will always be bad actors, and there will always be exceptions to the rule, but there is still a rule. And the general rule in this country is that the American dream is for everyone, that all men are created equal, that we may not be perfect, but by and large, we are good. I've seen other parts of the world. I've done mission work south of the border. I've seen the level of appreciation from those who have nothing when the smallest something is given to them. Of course, I've been to Afghanistan. I've known the fractured and fragile state of an economy where women are treated like cattle. And the rule of law means nothing unless you have the strongest hand. I remember talking to survivors in Iraq who told me the stories of what it was like to live under actual tyranny and to wonder why your family members disappeared in the night never to be heard from again. And I've also been to other Western nations where, generally speaking, I could identify with their basic systems of governance and civil infrastructure, but only to realize they still did not have truly, truly the same level of freedom that the least among all Americans in society has a right to claim. Now, I know in my own self that I'm the product of two working-class families, one set of grandparents from the steel mills in Birmingham and one who earned its way through the military ranks. But both were just good, solid, salt-of-the-earth folks who were never rich and who did not endow me with any trust funds, but who instilled in me, though, a richness that money cannot buy, that coming from that working middle class, I have had a chance to know adventure, to serve in dangerous territory. I've had a chance to walk in quiet scenery. I've had the chance to start businesses, to raise my kids, and to have this chance now to come on the air every day and tell the whole world about it. I mean, what a cool place we live. What an absolute privilege to be here. The by God United States of America. I would suggest that this is likely the only place in the world where somebody can rise from nothing and truly become something because they have everything right there on the buffet of life, if they so choose. Yeah, this is the country. This is the country where it's still possible to live the dream and don't let anybody tell you different, including the fact that some random young guy named Preston Patterson woke up one day to be named the chief donut maker for Dodge Motors and get paid a king's ransom to drive a heck of a cool muscle car for a year. <laughs> And I like my job, but if they run that competition again, I might fill out an application because that's America if I ever heard it. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Yeah, man, I tell you what, chief donut maker. I love the play on words, too. Just cutting donuts in a parking lot, getting paid $150,000 to drive a 2022 Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat. Yes. Hold my beer. America. All right, folks, Phil Williams. Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. That's an iconic bump right there. Uh, little Guns N' Roses, iconic guitar riff there. Um, I was not even a huge Guns N' Roses fan, Boomer, until, um, I mean, like, like I kind of like eh, Guns N' Roses. Bunch of, hed- <laughs> bunch of hedonistic <laughs> thugs. You know, I could listen to it a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't really want to get into their stuff. And then, I'll be honest with you, uh, when you're in combat ops in Baghdad and you're rolling through town with tanks and armored personnel carriers and the commander tells the PSYOP guys to kick up, uh, take me down to Paradise City on the loudspeakers while you roll through town with all that heavy metal, it's like, okay, I like Guns N' Roses you're now. Like, I, I like it now. <laughs> this is nice. Brings on a whole new shine for me. I don't know that uh, I don't know that Slash ever intended for that to be the effect, but it, it had the effect. Um all right. Uh, hey, listen. By the way, we got plenty going on right here. Boomer, you heard me talk about my first car. What was your first? What was your first car? Oh, I had an old blue Chevy. Old truck. blue. Oh yeah, single cab. Old blue still in the family. Old blue still in the family. It's it's a uh, it's trucking along. I wouldn't want to take it on any like long long <laughs> hauls, but maybe around town here and there. It's so old blue was your first. Like you drove it for how long? Uh, I drove it for uh, two and a half years, and then right like right before I went off to college. I got a different car. Oh yeah, you got mm-hmm. a common sense car or something. I got a you? common sense car. I really? mean, no, I got a uh, I got a Grand Cherokee after that. Oh, that's yeah. a good vehicle. It was a good. It was a great vehicle. Jeep brand, America, America Jeep. That's right. <laughs> uh, that that '68 Mustang I had, I drove it through high school, um, drove it through college, and then I'll be honest with you, I, I even asked Charlene to ma- marry me in it, which I sort of thought meant that I'd never have to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had to sell it. Then I had to sell it. We uh, we actually. We were young newlyweds with insurance that didn't have uh, a pregnancy coverage on it. And so then lo and behold, we were pregnant. You know, two years in and we're 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 having our first. Holy Ooh. cow. Whew. Now what? Now what you jumping in. Now there what you, you do is you find out how much this this birthing is gonna cost. And it turns out <laughs> that's what you can sell the Mustang for. Wow. So, you know, I sold my Fancy first baby that. to have my second baby. Uh, <laughs> but one day you'll find, find that 68 Mustang again. Brother, I have, I've actually, okay, as long as we're just rambling here on the radio for a minute, <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I have, um, I have literally kind of sought out where it went. And I, I know the last name of the guy who bought it. It was so, we sold it down in the Mobile area. Okay. And, um, but I don't know any more than that. I don't know how to find it. I got to thinking later on, I spent eight years in the state Senate. I probably could have called in a favor or something down in Montgomery and said, search the records. Sure. But, but I don't have anything that tells me the VIN number. So I'd be going on, you know, flying blind. Uh, um, well, you know what? Maybe they're listening right now. Okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> Maybe they're listening. <laughs> if you're out there and you bought a 68 Mustang from a guy who was trying not to cry. But I, I, I tell you what, though, the dude. This is I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk radio stuff here in a minute. But as long as we're telling stories about my car, when the day I sold it, which 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 by the way was a day unto itself, I won't even try to tell you how much that car didn't want to leave me. It did everything <laughs> it could to not be allowed to drive off. I mean, it was it was breaking down. It was I mean, it was I was having to have a, a new carburetor uh, rebuild on it the day before the guy was coming to pick it up. The fuses went out the morning of. Oh. Uh, it was like all said and done. I was having to replace pieces on it. To get it sold, and then the guy didn't show up to buy it. He sent his mom and his brother because he was out of town, and uh, and let's just say that Mama came in her moo and stood there just just bad mind. I don't know why that boy wants to buy this car right now. I don't know why. I don't, all right, how much did he tell you? And I said, well, <laughs> and I told her the amount. 
And she, not, I kid you not, she reached into her bra and <laughs> literally, I mean, mama in the big moo-moo, if you know what I'm saying, literally reached down. She goes, I keep it right here so I ain't nobody going to get it. And I thought, well, that's true. And she literally, and, and, and the bills were all sweaty in a, in a wad. And she, she just hands it to me. You want to count it? And I said, no, ma'am, I really don't. No, ma'am, I don't want to flip through that. <laughs> I want to go take a shower right now is what I want to do. But, um, yep, it, it drove away. And oh. uh, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's the last I saw. If, if my 68 Mustang, whose name was? Thunderfoot. Thunderfoot. You remember. I do. Uh, and it was, that, it was that almost ice blue, correct? It was. It was ice, ice blue. blue. Ice blue. Ice blue. Yep. With a board out 289 and hopped up and riding on Krager mags and just looking good. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, listen, we got plenty of show for you. Think, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm actually going to come back and talk about like stuff that's on the Triple Dipper. Although, I, I will be honest with you, the, the text line has blown up, and I'm, it's, I'm not sure what it is. Oh, wow. Uh, um, yeah, my, okay. I got people texting about the car and everything else. Um, all right, so listen, if you want to... Check out the show by live streaming. Let me just encourage you real quickly to uh, go to rightsideradio.org. You can see the studio. You can watch Boomer and I as we uh, laugh back and forth. Uh, but you can also pick up the audio stream if you find yourself getting outside the overly broad range of our AM-FM capability. The live audio stream is available there, too. And then Boomer, the techno whiz, has got us streaming live right now on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube, as well as the website. That's right. That's right, dude. Um, but like I always say, if you're getting outside the overly broad range of our AMFM capabilities all across the northern part of our state, anywhere in the big wide world, go to the World Wide Web, click on rightsideradio.org, and no matter where you is, there we is. <laughs> um, so, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to take a mic right now in a minute uh, with the uh, number one of the Triple Dipper. I'm jumping right into the military, something near and dear to all of our hearts. Ready the force. We'll talk about it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio with my smooth new microphone. We'll be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering all of North Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, uh, so number one of the Triple Dipper, um, going to just jump right in here, ready the force. So you've heard me talk about on the show how this has been a rough recruiting year for the military. And I think a big part of that is, is from the top down, not the bottom up. Now there's some concern that there are fewer 
in what they call the recruiting pool available for recruiting, all right? So um, basically there's standards, you have to have standards. And there are fewer people that can meet the, you know, the intro standards, that can meet the, uh, the, the standards for actual recruitment. That's sad in and of itself. Uh, the average statistics indicate that somewhere around 23 to 25% of America's uh, eligible youth um, would otherwise qualify for military service, and of those, even fewer will actually want to. Uh, and that, you know, overall, um, only about 1% of the American population chooses to go into the military in any capacity. So you, you got you a narrow field to begin with. Having said that, not only do you have a narrow field, but now you've got issues with the top side of things. So the Biden administration has made it more difficult. They have made it uh, a morale issue. They have created uh, command structure issues. Uh, they have filled uh, the military ranks with woke policies and been on the record as claiming that there is systemic racism within the ranks. Um, and, and, and the average citizen who wants to serve in the military uh, it's going to wind up seeing a lot of that as a deterrent. Like why, why, okay, first of all, military service is hard and it should be. So why are you going to make it miserable? There's a, there's a, there's a fine line between hardcore and stupid. All right. And, and hardcore is what we want. We want the people who are willing to go to hard places and do hard things after completing hard training, because that's who they are. And we need those people. And, and I don't care if you're going in to be a mechanic or a special operator, it doesn't matter. Every single one of those Uniformed service members is necessary. Everything from the company clerk to the surgeon and everything in between, they're all necessary to make the big green machine function. But when you, when you create morale issues that are unnecessary, when you put obstacles in the path of those who want to serve, when you openly tell people they are not good people if they don't do something that their actual rights say they don't have to do, like the vaccine, then all you've done is further suppress the ability of the recruiters who have a hard job, man, have a hard job um, to do their job. Hence the fact that we have been in a recruiting nightmare this year. This year, we have been looking at post-COVID shutdowns where recruiters couldn't get into the schools to talk to kids, which is one of their primary sources of recruitment. They couldn't go into gathering places. They couldn't set up in the malls. They couldn't go to the county fair. They couldn't do all those things. So recruiters were limited in how they could reach people. Then on top of that, you got the Biden administration slapping a vaccine mandate on there, and they're, they're, they're getting rid of 8,000 current service members while telling everybody else out there, if you come in, you got to have the vaccine whether you want it or not. Okay, there's that. And then there's just watching the way the Biden administration and the current uh, leadership of the military um, totally, totally abused the process of uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. I, I'm, a, I'm a veteran of Afghanistan myself um, and, and, and served a pretty dicey tour. And, and, I, and I look back on it now with, you know, the sense that, yeah, the war had to end. I, I, was, I was ready for the war to end. I've got family members in the service now. I don't want them to go to the same place that I went to 20 years after I went there. But I also want to know that the manner in which we end it was considered just as important as the manner in which we entered it. You, you can say a lot about how you leave as much as how you get there. And so we, we literally just, just saw a debacle. 13 service members died at the gate of the airport. 
the security situation was a total boondoggle. You know, we had we we abandoned a thousand Americans there. All that impacts readiness. It impacts troop morale, and it impacts the ability to recruit people. So, where are we now? That being said, uh, I thought it was important this morning to take a look. I started doing some stuff yesterday, and I was talking about the vaccine mandate on the military and the fact that it's been rescinded. And I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about that. You know what? I'm going to take this even further. I'm going to talk about recruiting in general because readying the force is so important to our national security. It's important to our national posture. It says a lot about who we are as a nation. You know, when it, when it comes to your staging in the world, how you as a nation are perceived in the world, you look at, you look at four things. You can use the acronym DIME, D-I-M-E, diplomacy, intelligence or informations, military and economics. So the, the four means of projection of foreign power or of, of, of national power are dime, diplomacy, information or intelligence, depending on which one you, you talk to, military and economics. That being said, one of the four major factors is the military. And if we don't have a standing ready force, well, you can imagine we're in big trouble. We're not taken seriously. We don't have anything to back it up. We can tell somebody to stop doing something and they'll say, why? What are you going to do? All right, so here's some stories. I'm going to run running through these things. What's happening right now in the world of recruiting? What, how, how's it going? Is it getting better? It, it did get a little better, except for the Army. Mm, great. But the, the Army missed the mark. The Air Force, the Navy, and the Marine Corps managed to, I believe they managed to meet mission at the very end of the year, but they had to do some paperwork shuffles. So, so, so here's one of the things that happens. Recruiters have a hard job, man. They, they work on quotas. It's very high stress. Um, is a high burnout rate in recruiting. But recruiters um, oftentimes have categories they put people in, uh, one of which is, is, is called a delayed uh, enlistment or, or, or deferred enlistment. And, and so they've, they've, they've been able to sort of move some paperwork around and begin to count people who were in their um, uh, delayed entry programs uh, as current recruits. Well, they were technically coming in like next year because they're going to finish high school, but they've already signed their contract but they were able to count them towards this year's quotas. But that also means that they were going to usually be able to count them towards next year's quotas. Now they're starting the year short. Huh. Okay. Um, so here's the first one I've got. Fox News. December 6th. Navy to begin accepting more recruits from the lowest aptitude percentile amid deepening recruiting crisis. This story came out three weeks ago. The U.S. Navy is set to begin accepting more recruits who score in the lowest aptitude percentile on their military entrance tests. Uh, Commander David Benham, who works for Navy Recruiting Command, um, he said that basically the new Navy guidelines will allow them to enlist 7,500 recruits that fall into what's called Category 4, which basically are applicants who have a high school diploma, but they score way too low on the ASFAB or the, or the Armed Forces Qualification Test. Well, that's new and different. You worry about it when you see that, like, oh, okay. Can't meet the mark, lower the bar. Mm. Well, um, they say this is going to help remove barriers to enlistment, and there will be a qualified applicant pool that sort of expands at that point. But you, you still have to look at this and go, wow, okay, but that's where we are, huh? Um, says the change could result in about 20% of this year's active duty enlisted pool for the Navy falling into the lowest percentile. So they're looking at this having an impact on their recruiting in a big way. Maybe upwards of 20% of new recruits will be folks who otherwise would not have qualified just last year. That's, uh, that's a little scary. One of the other things that happened that impacted recruiting was the Biden administration. I, I hadn't thought about this. Um, 
Boomer, how long has it been since we had that conversation on the show about the Biden student loan program and, and it's being it's being locked up by the courts? It's not going to happen, right? Right. What, about the last three, four was, weeks, right? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, three or four weeks ago. Three right. weeks to a month ago. Okay. All right. Well, uh, but in the interim, so Biden announced his student loan program, uh, I think in June, thereabouts. That seems about right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, all right. Here we go. Washington Times, September 24th. Just not so long ago. This article says Biden eliminates a top incentive in the military recruitment process. I had never thought about this. So it points out in this article that the knee-jerk reaction, I say knee-jerk, the, 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 the determination to move forward with relieving people of their debt for doing nothing has an impact on military recruiting. It says traditionally the strongest and most well-known incentives for military service are the educational benefits, specifically the GI Bill and the military's student loan forgiveness programs. Basically, if you walk into any recruiter's office, you can tell them, yeah, I'm interested in being, uh, you know, uh, uh, a Navy SEAL or, or an Air Force technician or I want to I be, a, you know, a small boat mechanic. It doesn't matter. Tell them what you want. They'll tell you what they've got, and then they'll also tell you what incentives they've got. And they'll also, at times, they'll try to upsell you. Hey, you score pretty high. You know, we're low in this category. You qualify for that. Would you be interested? Well, I don't know. But we can sweeten the pot. You've got a two-year community college degree. That's great. Uh, you have any debt? Yeah, I got a student loan. If you're on the list right now for four years, we'll pay it off. So student loan forgiveness was one of the things the military used as a recruiting tool. But then Biden came along and said, hey, there's a bunch of people out there that are doing nothing for society, but they're having a hard, hard time. I'm going to forgive their debt. And what does that do to recruiting? Well, here's the, here's the, here's the analogy. They said, there's two hypotheticals. You can commit to a 16-year career in the military to earn educational benefits, or you can do absolutely nothing, pursue a civilian career, receive the same benefit. Even the most patriotic Americans could see that choice. So, yeah, that, that's one of the things that happened. Now, the Navy, again, though, they may be taking in people who are, you know, lower on the qualifications list. But one of the things they're also doing is they're reaching out to veterans so those of you that may have gotten out in recent years and you're thinking, golly, I miss it, you know, because there is this sense of belonging. There's this sense of mission. And, and is the military frustrating? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Anybody who's put on the uniform knows that the military is itself a, a world unto itself. And, and there are times when it gets super frustrating, but it's also very purpose driven. It's a purposeful life. And, and it's, it can be very fulfilling if you find the spot that you really feel like you can serve and, and you enjoy doing it. That being said, there are veterans who get out and they go into the civilian world and they don't feel very enthused about it. And then a year or two later, they're like, wow, I wish I was back. They may have gotten out for a family issue. I know one guy who got out because his son had medical issues. Those issues resolved a year or two later and he missed it. He wished he was back in. Uh, you may have gotten out to go to school. You may have gotten out to care for a sick family member. The Navy is now offering veterans up to $115,000 in enlistments and loan repayment incentives, specifically reaching out to veterans and giving them a chance to come back in. So future sailors and veterans who agree to re-up, it says, according to NavyTimes.com in August of this year, can combine the maximum enlistment bonus. By the way, they have enlistment bonuses of $50,000 for some MOSs. That's huge, y'all. Can you imagine you sign the dotted line as an 18-year-old kid because you qualify high enough, you got a high school diploma, 
and uh, you, let's say let's say you're 20. You went to two years of community college. You got a tech degree, and then you joined the military. They gave you a $50,000 signing bonus because you qualify for a, a high-ranking MOS. And, oh, by the way, you come in as an E4 because you've got some college, and they'll pay off your student loan. That's good doings right there. One of the enlisted loan repayment program, the Navy will cover student loans that were taken out prior to enlisting. And you can also, by the way, be a Navy veteran or veteran from another service. If you've been out for 12 months, they can bring you back in. Um, uh, and, and a lot of times at equal rank. That's, that's huge. But when I see that, one of the first things I thought of, which we're going to talk about after the break, is, okay, there's 8,000 veterans out there who were made to get out because of the vaccine mandate. Are we ever going to see them offer the same opportunity? And I, I think we can talk about that when we get back from the break. Because, folks, that's a ready pool of people who already get it, who already have a skill set, who haven't been out very long, and who may well want to come back in. If half of them wanted to come back in, that would be big. Take us to a break, but we'll do that right now. We'll come right back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, talking on my brand-new microphone. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time um hey boomer by the way uh my grandkids are still in town and we may have a visit uh, either today or tomorrow oh awesome <laughs> that's good stuff they may everyone may be able to hear that giggle then uh, not from me, from the grandkids. Not from you, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Not from you. I don't, I don't giggle. Grown, no, of course not. No, grown, 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 army rangers don't giggle. That's not the way it works. Um, hey, back on the topic, ready the force. So as we're talking about recruiting, um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk through some things about those who may be in the recruiting pool who would like to come back. Like, for instance, I've got a friend, by the way, who put his own papers in. He didn't want the vaccine mandate. He had 16 years of service, and he decided, you know what? I'm not, I'm not sitting around waiting for administrative action to be taken against me. I'm not going to wind up having something, some black mark on my record. So he dropped his own papers and got out at 16 years. I mean, he literally was two years away from sanctuary, and he got out. But he said, in his own words, he said, I did it because I knew for a fact that give it a year or so, and I can go back in under my own, on my own accord without having to worry about a black mark on my record because of some arbitrary action for vaccines that don't work. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of folks out there because what we're not hearing about in the 8,000 people who were um, discharged because of uh, uh, declining the vaccine mandate and having their religious accommodations disapproved, um, we're not hearing about those who dropped their papers early. Retention is just as important as anything else. And when you're, when you're in the middle of a purge, which is what that was, when you're in the middle of a purge and the ranks are being thinned, then you have to recognize, too, it's not just those who, who held on to the very last and were kicked out. 
It's also those who saw the handwriting on the wall and thought, forget this. And they went ahead and got out. My friend got out before he even had his retirement. It's worth it to him to go back in. But I'll be honest with you, he's highly, highly competent, highly, extremely skilled, very well trained. Um, and, and I would not be a bit surprised if the unit doesn't just call him and say, you ready? Um, so all that to say, there's a ready pool of people out there, 8,000 plus, in my opinion, 8,000 plus, who are veterans, who are already trained, who were put out for the wrong reasons, who may well be willing to go back in. So the, the recruiting pool has to take those into account. And if we're looking right now at the possibility of reinstatement, then I'm just going to encourage Congress, and, and, I've, and I've, I've had this conversation a few times, but I'm going to encourage Congress to, to, to figure out what reinstatement means because Congress has already failed so far. They didn't put it in the NDAA. A uh, story here on December 16th from military.com uh, headline was vote to reinstate 8,000 troops booted over vaccine fails, but the mandate is dead in the new defense bill. In other words, the mandate itself going forward, I mean, anybody who's still in and was under administrative review uh, and facing UCMJ action and, and possible discharge from the service for not getting a vaccine, um, that all came to a cold hard stop. They're still in. But if you were early on and you were kicked out, then you're one of those who, okay, if they can stay, how come I had to leave? I mean, that's kind of where it is. Well, uh, easy answer to that is because that was the legality they were facing at the time. But last-ditch effort by Republican senators, according to military.com, to get troops who have already been discharged under the mandate reinstated with back pay fell short in a largely party-line vote. The Senate voted 83 to 11 on Thursday night to approve the overall bill, but the amendment that was offered uh, by uh, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Ted Cruz of Texas uh, failed on a 40 to 54 vote. You can imagine, I said it yesterday, but I'll say it again, you can imagine who they were that voted against it. It was uh, Senators Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, Mike Rounds. They were opposing this. They joined the Democrats in opposing it. Um, for whatever reason, they were they were making excuses like, well, all you're doing is telling soldiers that if they disobey orders, it's okay. The, the counter to that thread is that the my re- recollection is the, the, the legal argument is it was an emergency use authorization of a non-FDA-approved vaccine for a period of time, and therefore it was different. Plus, there was a religious accommodation request by many of these. And the law requires they be given a one-on-one review, case-by-case basis, and they, they didn't get it. So there's 8,000 folks out there who might want to be approached by a recruiter. Get a list, fellas. Get a list. Start making calls. Because I'll be honest with you right now, the federal civilian workforce is doing just that. I'll tell you about that when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. 
You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hour number two. How is that possible, Boomer? Like, I, it just went really fast today. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> like, what is going on? It's 71 <laughs> degrees outside, almost a New Year's Eve, right after we had a major cold freeze. And the first hour is already done too. I it this this like it's like some kind of time warp that we're in right now. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, we had even you had have, to turn on the AC. You have stepped into the right side zone. <laughs> um, yeah, we had to turn on the AC. That was crazy. Boomer oh. and I sit here just sweating. There are more heat producers, including he and I, right here in this <laughs> studio. And then I'm sitting here just espousing all this hot air. This studio oh. gets pretty hot. Um, okay. Let's go back to the topic at hand. By the way, the text lines are open. Several of y'all are already on. 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. If you want to text in or call in on that number, uh, we'll take it. Um, so I mentioned before the break, I've got a story here from the Federal News Network uh, dated uh, June of last year. Last year. You know, as we're talking about the, the ready pool of people in the, uh, in, in the world of recruiting who may have just gotten out or been forced out, that may want the opportunity to come back in and see if all can be forgiven and have the opportunity to expand their career opportunities. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe even be eligible for bonuses. Who knows? I mean, I mean, if you come if you come back in and you're already MOS qualified and you've already been through, you know, BNOC or PLDC or something, you're 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 a mid grade enlisted and you you've got the ability to serve on day one. Maybe have combat experience. Lord, it's a recruiter's dream, but. Can they? Well, just know this. On the civilian side of federal service, they've already been working on this. So last year, it came out, OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, came out with new regulations in June of last year that went into effect uh, right about this time last year, I believe, saying that the new regulations would allow for the rehiring, uh, new flexibility in rehiring those who had previously been in federal service and allow them to come in at the same or higher grade than when they had left. Because what they're recognizing is they may have gotten out, gotten some experience, and also, by the way, they have experience within the system. So, hey, why reinvent the wheel? We can bring somebody back in. Well, if the civilian side can do it, then the military side can do it. And this whole reinstatement thing may or may not happen. We may not see them all reinstated, the 8,000. At the very least, though, we ought to remove the bar to reenlistment. That's a big piece. Remove the bar to reenlistment and allow somebody who did not get the vaccine to come back into the service, a service, by the way, which has now been congressionally mandated by our civilian leaders, to not be required. So remove the bar to reenlistment, allow for reinstatement at prior rank, give them the service they missed, give them an opportunity to move towards their retirement and plug them right back in. If the civilian sector can do it, and by the way, it says right here in the article, 
Agencies can reinstate former federal employees to positions in the government, but only at the same grade level they had when they left service. That's the previous uh, rule. But the new regulation will allow the rebuilding of the federal workforce by giving agencies a new recruitment tool that will allow them to attract former employees, including those with specialized skills, who can then re-enter the service and be considered fully successful at equal or higher rank. Um, that's a big, big deal. So my, my deal is, if the civilian side of federal service is allowed to do it, why wouldn't the military side be? It's a question worth answering. So Congress, remove the bar to reenlistment. Let the recruiters have a list of phone numbers and tell them to start making phone calls and start dialing for recruits, and you may find a whole bunch of folks out there. All right. One other thing that I found interesting is this story came out yesterday, two days ago, I'm sorry, Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal says the U.S. military is working to enlist recruits who have faced behavioral challenges. Okay, this is interesting. Um, so we already saw that the Navy and most other services are saying, yeah, you didn't score as high on the physical or the aptitude tests. We'll work with you. We'll either, let, we'll either lower the standards you can come on in or... They also, by the way, have a, uh, the Army has a, uh, a new recruiting opportunity you can spend, I think it's, uh, I want to say nine weeks at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, where depending upon the reasons why you were not otherwise qualified, whether it be physical or you didn't pass the ASFAB at a high enough level, they'll take you and they'll put you in one of two tracks, physical training or um, aptitude training, and get you ready for full enlistment. And then if you pass that in nine weeks, I believe it is, then you, you're allowed to go into your full contract. I, I'm okay with that. I think that's cool. Um, some of those kids, it's going to be a life changer for them. It's going to be like tutoring. It's going to be like special coaching. It's going to be like giving them some, some sense of meaning, some sense of purpose, and I'm glad. Here's the other piece, though, that I didn't know about till yesterday. The Defense Department has, for the first time, allowed 700 recruits who have been diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder to join the military without a waiver under new rules that could be a pathway for those who have confronted mental health or other developmental conditions. That's interesting. It says, in June, the military, which has been, by the way, this is an article two days ago. In June, the military, which has been facing major recruiting challenges, said that those who had suffered from 38 different medical conditions could serve as long as they had not demonstrated those symptoms nor required medication for treatment for the last three, five, and seven years, depending on the condition. Okay, well, that's entirely one of which is ADD. Um, as long as you have not been taking medication and you've been considered symptom-free for a period of time, then you can come back in. This goes on, by the way, uh, treatment for depression or other mental health issues. Um, as long as you have not had to take medication and you are considered to be healthy now, uh, if you've had a period of time, uh, the military will allow that without a waiver. Some of those, they still require a waiver because you have to have medical confirmation that you are not considered a harm to yourself or others. But that's, it's, just, it's just clearly indicative of the fact that we are at a place right now where the military is saying, okay, got to make some changes, man. Got to do something different. Well, I'm just going to tell you, Lowering the bar is scary. Removing the bar to reenlistment for those who are kicked out for the COVID vaccine is necessary. And oh, by the way, the Biden administration needs to quit putting impediments in the way of recruiters doing their job and getting the force where it needs to be. Bam. I have now summed it up. There it is. Three markers. Put me in charge of Army recruiting. I'll take it. Now, I sit here in my, uh, uh, behind my golden microphone just, you know, espousing these things. But, you know, having spent my years in service, 
I have a, I have a deep love and appreciation um, for those who choose to serve and the families who support those who choose to serve. And I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, generational military in my family, uh, grandfather, father, myself, and others. And, and I'll, just, I'll just tell you, I want the force to be as strong and as ready as it can possibly be. And we can't keep seeing woke policies, and we can't keep seeing morale killers, and we can't keep seeing experimental mandates, and we can't keep seeing the removal of incentives or the denigration of the force by being told that they're part of a systemically racist organization or stopping training so that we can do things like, you know, um, uh, diversity walks or whatever they call them. It's, it's just unreal to me that our military keeps getting used as a Petri dish, uh, as, a, as a literally a, a, a culture growth of, of social experimentation. That's got to stop. And, and one of the ways that we're going to see that happen is to let the military recruit from the best among us and to take those who are trying to achieve and raise them up to the next level and then promote on merit. Got to do it. Got to, got to do it. Uh, I got a caller calling in that I got just barely enough time for before the break, so I will, Boomer, I'll take that call if we got it. Um, all right, let me do that. Line. Is that Brian? Brian from Huntsville, I believe. Uh, line one. Man, how you doing today? Doing okay. Up in, uh, you talked about lowering the bar and people going in the military, but that's already been done. Uh, our commander-in-chief, the top of the military, we really lowered the bar when we elected him. <laughs> Well, I'm not denying that. I am not denying that. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you. You too, man. Thanks for your service. Um, All right. Well, and on that note, Boomer, take us to the break. We'll switch gears. We're moving to the next part of the Triple Dipper. I am in line to finish all three dippers in one day. What do you think? Number two, coming right back. You think so? All right. John from Huntsville's already texted me some grief about it. We'll see. <laughs> he says my New Year's resolution ought to be to try and finish more dippers this year. Uh, all right, number two of the Triple Dipper, Big Fat Lies. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time i was just sitting here just working on notes and all of a sudden i thought i heard a bump music i said boomer is that me yeah you're on oh daggum it's <laughs> quick guys I was like, oh. when, <laughs> okay. we ch- when we're chatting in between i sometimes forget to say oh yeah we have like 30 seconds <laughs> or yeah so or so, i think i say sometimes it, the music comes on and you just look at me like what are you gonna do <laughs> okay <laughs> Hey, uh, all right, switching gears, number two on the Triple Dipper, Big Fat Lies. All right, so big fat lies, like not little bitty ones, not skinny ones, not anorexic ones. They were talking about big old fat lies. These are the kind that uh, don't get better with time, if you know what I'm saying. And what's amazing is when politicians lie about themselves. So, remember, you heard about the guy George Santos? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, what I... what. What's crazy to me is it's not just one 
Little Lie, even though Little Lie is bad. Yeah. But, man, stuff's still coming out, right? Like, we're, f- we're still finding out more. Like, what else did he lie about? Is his name really Santos? We don't even, I mean, what the heck? Um, uh, yeah, he, he identifies as a congressman now. Uh, but, uh, uh, oh boy has a resume that apparently was nowhere near true. So, uh, okay. with that though, yeah. the question is, is with that, can there any, can anything be done with that? Or is it still like, well, the first thing they taught me to say in law school is it depends. It depends. Yeah. So you meet with a client, make sure you always start with, well, it depends. <laughs> um, because not everything is actionable. It can be wrong and still not be legally actionable. So, uh-huh. uh, here's the deal. I, I think that he faces his most potential for liability if in some way he fell afoul of the campaign, uh, uh, like the campaign laws, because he's not a congressman yet. So they can't charge him as a public official who lied under oath or something like that. They can't mm. charge him as misrepresenting on government time uh, or violating some rule of ethics that they're bound to, which they are. Uh, where they might get him, though, is if something about him – um, mailing out things to constituents or, or future constituents of voters, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and using campaign finance dollars for it, if he was misrepresenting uh, in the course of doing so, then lying basically, that uh, that could, he, there could be charges potentially, and I'm sure they're reviewing it right now with a fine tooth comb. But you heard about the different lies, right? Well, a few of them. It, it was like where he was, oh, was he not, he's not Jewish. Yeah. I did hear about that one. Did you hear what he said, though? <laughs> he's not, I, 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 he, he didn't mean to imply that he's Jewish. He was saying that he's Jewish. <laughs> like, what a knucklehead. Jewish. You know, he, he basically said his grandmother told him stories about how she was raised Jewish. And so he said, So I'm sort of Jewish. No, you're not. It's a, it's a faith, man. It's a faith. And, and, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sort of booed-ish. I don't know what that. I mean, what do you do here? Ish. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of partially Hari Krishna-ish. I don't mean no. I mean you, you don't get to be Christian-ish. You, you, I'm Jew. What a knucklehead! But uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw it, Boomer. Did you see Tucker Carlson? He he went on uh, this guy George Santos. And by the way, uh, I will say he did the right thing and the wrong thing by going on and talking about this issue. Uh, did you see his interview by any chance? I actually did not see his interview. You know what? I should I have need brought, to pull it up. I should now. have found the audio clip. So Tulsi Gabbard was sitting in as the guest host for um, uh, Tucker Carlson, who was on Christmas vacation, I guess. And uh, and she and she says, I, I was literally thinking I'm going to turn the channel because I was about filled up with news. You know, I'd already done the show, and now I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, digesting more news. And I was about to turn it, and then I heard her say, "And George Santos is coming on after the break," and I thought. Well, by God, well, I gotta watch it now. <laughs> I gotta watch it now. And so I, uh, I literally sat there and waited. And at one point, when he came on, my first thought was, "There is no way this ends well." Uh, no, and it didn't. No. So, so he actually went on and said everything that he lied about. Yeah, and he and he tried to say, "I didn't mean to lie. It was just an embellishment." I'm just, gonna, I'm gonna be a good congressman. I just I'm embellished thinking, what? And then, but here's here's the part where he ruined it. Here's the part where. You know, you could you could just go ahead and go. Well, that was that was that was kind of silly. That was kind of bad. Oh no, it got destructive when he at one point literally said to Tulsi Gabbard, "Well, Tulsi, I mean, I could go in the weeds here and try to explain it, but it'll go over the heads of most Americans who are watching the show." No, and I I kid you not. 
And when it happened, like Tulsi Gabbard always has kind of a little bit of an impassiveness to her face, a little, little bit of a poker face. I mean, her eyebrows went ding, <laughs> like through the roof. Like, did he really just say that? Yes, he really just did. And I, and when he Yikes. did, and I was sitting there, Charlene and I, we both went, whoa. And I thought, you know what? There's a sound bite to end a career right there. Yep. Wow. She called him on it too, to her credit. Tulsi Gabbard did. She goes, she goes, Congressman Alex Santos, I just have to point out that what you just said does not make it better. And she said, well, she went on to say something like, you just said it's going to go over the heads of, well, I didn't mean it that way. Oh, that's what you said. <laughs> That's uh, what you said, sir. It was, it was awful. Wow. Um, and by so, the way, it was made worse by the fact that he was being interviewed by a former member of Congress. She knows the ropes, you know. Don't right. try to tell her. And when when does uh, like the congressman take office? When is that? I, I believe around the time of the inauguration. So I believe it's going to wind up uh, not inauguration, but I, I believe it's uh, January or Jan- February. Yeah, yeah. I don't January, recall. Somewhere February. This is a midterm. Okay. This is a midterm. So I'm not sure exactly when the date is, but after the first of the year. Wow. All right, so what do we do with this guy? Um, article here on Slate.com. Phil, did you go to Slate? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Um, Slate.com, dated uh, two days ago. Headline, what happens to George Santos now? That's what everyone's asking. Well, first of all, Slate is wrong. They start off by saying it's a truly unprecedented situation. No, it's really not. It's really not. I mean, and I got multiple examples we'll talk about here in a minute. But then they do kind of cover down by a little bit by saying, well, you know, he did say that uh, in, a, in a recent interview that he did confirm that there are multiple falsehoods on his record. He doesn't have a college degree, even though he says he did. He didn't work for Citigroup or Goldman Sachs, even though he said he did. He's not Jewish. That doesn't really qualify. He's clearly Catholic, like he said. But the thing that just came out most recently is now there's questions about his finances. Because, oh boy, literally filled out his forms. And by the way, if you filled them out wrong, tell us now. But he filled out his required financial disclosure documents from his failed 2020 campaign, where he literally said that he had no assets and a salary of only $55,000 two years ago. Fast forward to 2022 campaign, in that short amount of time, it says he has a $750,000 salary and several million in assets in just two years. And people are like, what the heck? All right, coming right back, my friend Stephanie Smith's going to jump in here and talk about big fat lies. We'll cover down Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just 
plain right, covering down on some ground in the northern part of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Hey, it's uh, 3.34 right now. We're almost through with uh, hour number two, unbelievably. Um, and I'm going to bring on somebody who is uh, one of the most favored guests of this show. She's even guest hosted for me before. Uh, Stephanie Smith, she's the principal of the Thatcher Coalition. Um, she has been in uh, the both the public and private sector of governmental affairs for many years here in the state of Alabama. Uh, master's degree in public administration. Um, she literally provides commentary on just about everything that I can think of. And I'm glad to have her on the show. Stephanie Smith, how are you today? I'm doing great, Phil. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. By the way, I got your Christmas card. Beautiful family. All seven of your kids. Uh, looks great. Thank you. Did you notice the chickens? That's what I want to know. Did I notice the chickens? <laughs> no, I was too busy admiring your beautiful family to <laughs> notice the chickens. What, what my, was? Two, my two oldest sons were holding their favorite chickens. I did we see that. We got chickens this year. Okay. So we got chickens this year. We have seven chickens, because of course. And so... Um, they got to hold their, their favorite chickens. Now, one of my daughters, the curly-headed one, cannot stand birds. So she was trying to get away from the chickens in the picture. Um, <laughs> but the chickens, two hens, did make the picture. So Big so Brother knew a, exactly what he was doing. Point. Big Brother knew exactly what he was doing, having the chicken close to his sister. I was the buffer. I was the chicken buffer. <laughs> which, <laughs> I had that to my resume. Which, <laughs> by the way, that, that, might, that might just be a direct analogy to working in governmental affairs. You're a chicken buffer at all times. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's, that's, uh, there are a lot of similarities between parenting seven children and working in governmental affairs. I would dare say true. You're lobbying on a daily basis. Um, well, hey, mm-hmm. listen, uh, I'm doing this segment right now. I texted you early this morning. Big fat lies is what I call this, but I, I just finished kind of talking about <laughs> this guy, George Santos. I know you've seen the story about George Santos, haven't you? The congressman elect. Yeah, it's pretty unfortunate. Um, but it, but it also is interesting that it's getting so much attention. Yeah, it is. Well, the, the, the media needs something and then the liberal media especially needs something and they're loving the fact that he's a Republican. But, uh, let me ask you this. First of all, I was asking Boomer a minute ago, did you see his interview on the Tucker Carlson show with Tulsi Gabbard? Did you see that? I actually read that. I, you know, I'm weird. Ugh. So I didn't see it, but I read it. And Ugh. so it was not good. Um, no. And she was dogged. I mean, she was after him. Um, I'm a fan of hers, which probably doesn't surprise you. But no, I'm, um, I'm mixed to she was just absolutely, she was absolutely getting after him, which I appreciate, to be honest. Um, but I will say this. Um, and this is a non sequitur. And I know it's, you know, it's one of those, you know, false arguments, but why are we so focused on this one House Democrat who embellished on his resume and has admitted it now? Um, and But we're ignoring the host of Democrats who have done this in their past, including our current sitting president. Yeah, and you said House Democrat. He's a House Republican. You, you meant Republican, though, right? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I yeah. meant Republican. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand... Uh, unless we go the direction of, well, the media wants to stir this pot because it helps their side, um, meaning Democrats. Um, why, why is this such an important aspect of what's happening in New York right now, especially since uh, I think that this was an election issue in the prior election, meaning he ran for this same seat and lost. And a lot of these same issues were part of that conversation in the previous election. Then he ran again, 
against Robert Zimmerman this time, and you know, again, and so they were talking about the embellishments on on the resume again this time, but Santos won, and so because it didn't get any traction as an election issue, they're trying to get him to resign after the voters have spoken. Yeah, and I, I don't know that he's going to resign, but I think the thing that's going to be, in terms of a legal standing, the, the, the issue that could come back to haunt him is if is if something he did, some one of his mailers or a campaign commercial or something else paid for mm-hmm. with campaign finance uh, dollars in some way ran afoul of the laws of, you know, you know, clear and adequate and, and, and truthful communications. Um, I don't know. We'll right. wait and see. But you're, you make the point, though, why has this got so much attention now when we see this crap all the time? I mean, I mean, look at, look really at Pocahontas. I mean, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I just and, and by the way, I always thought it was a little demeaning when, you know, he'd come out with, you know, his, his name. Trump would come out with names for all the other candidates. But the one that yeah. made me laugh was Pocahontas. That was that was good. That was <laughs> that was a classic. Um, I, I will say I'm not a fan of that tactic, but it is an effective tactic. Yeah. And so that's that's why he does it. Um, but I, yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, Elizabeth Warren is, is kind of the poster child for this, but I mean, you could probably name a dozen on the Democrat side. Um, and the, the other question is this, uh, and especially Joe Biden. I mean, jo- that, oh. that completely de- derailed his presidential run in the 80s because he embellished his resume in the exact same way this guy did, except the difference is, um, Joe Biden apologized, and then basically it, it torpedoed his his run. This guy has apologized, but he won, yeah. and so that seems to be the only difference here is that Joe Biden, you know, kind of stepped aside, and this was a while back, so nobody wants to talk about it anymore. But it's it's basically the exact same thing, which is resume embellishment. Um, but I will say this, and you have the military background. I, I tend to be more offended by people who embellish military service yes. than law degrees or you know where they grew up or, or something like that to make to, you know to make them seem more sympathetic to the voter. Of course, I don't condone lying or, or like it, but for me, and I, I've never even served in the military, it just seems much more offensive to to over embellish something as far as military service or, or con, you know, claim to be have been in combat or claim to have been shot down or or forced down like Hillary Clinton did and, yeah. and Joe Biden did as well. So, I mean, to me, pretending to be in harm's way uh, in some sort of military or professional uh, setting is a lot more offensive to me than, you know, I, I got a degree in history and political science. No, you didn't. It was just in political science. Well, but, and- I mean, to me, that. That's a little silly. It, it is a little silly, and it's and and if you think that people aren't going to find out in this day and age, you're just wrong. Um, and and it, it is so easy to find stolen valor, or for that matter, the embellished uh, resume for a job you didn't have, or a degree you don't have, mm-hmm. or or for that matter, an honor you don't have, like you know Biden saying that he graduated top in his class when he really didn't. Um, <laughs> we're going to find that out. I mean. Uh, FOIA requests and you know, YouTube videos and all that stuff exists. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Richard Blumenthal is still the Connecticut mm-hmm. Senate, uh, senator, and, and there's strong questions about whether or not he literally tried to portray himself as a Vietnam veteran when he had been mm-hmm. a stateside reservist, never having served in Vietnam, and, and, and yet just kind of went by the wayside, and there he is serving in the Senate, and nobody cares. Right. 
Well, and I think the military service specifically is offensive because there there are people who have made the ultimate sacrifice, and to to compare yourself or your lack of service to that is just really over the top. And to me, again, I'm not condoning anything, any lies that that this character from New York um, has asserted, but but saying you know saying that you went to a college that you didn't go to is a lot less offensive than something like that, in my opinion. But I, I look at the whole thing and I'm thinking. What's the pathology here? Are you that insecure, or did you feel right. like you didn't measure up, which is also insecurity, but you, you had to you had to puff up because people wouldn't vote for who you are? Um, I mean, what's the pathology here? And, and by the way, what do we do with it? If it's not running afoul of the law, but it just feels bad, if, it just, if it's just icky, what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that was the question I was going to ask as well, which is, what's the motivation here? Um, it, again, what, just like you said, is it, is it a feeling of inadequacy? I mean, the, the strange thing is that a lot of times the American voters tend to like the guy, you know, the boy next door. They tend to, I mean, goodness knows, AOC was a bartender yeah. before, you know, she was in Congress. So this is not an area of the world that is super snobbish about who they're sending to Congress. Um, and, and honestly, there are a lot of different types of people serving in Congress right now. Um, it's, it's not quite the, the, you know, good old boys club that it once was. And so I, what's the motivation here? I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but I think that what it leaves us with is, was the man duly elected or not? And I think he was duly elected. And so to me, unless he's done something illegal, this is something for the voters to take care of next go round. Yeah. And what's also going to be interesting is to find out. So I think it's the New York post that broke this story. Um, and New York Post is typically kind of conservative, um, but the New York right. Post, I believe, is the one that broke the story. I guess one of my questions is going to be, did they know about it before the election, or did somebody yeah. tip their hand after the and, and if they if the if the story broke afterwards, why didn't it really break beforehand? Um, yeah, and I, I read something that that indicated pretty clearly that this was something that Zimmerman kept trying to bring up and bring up over and over, and the voters just basically either weren't listening or didn't care. Which brings me back to you know, you know, this is this is a congressional district, and who they send to you know to U.S. Congress is is up to them, not up to me. Yeah. And unless he's done something illegal, he's a duly elected member of Congress until he's not. Yeah, and I would say that uh, not is going to be at least in two years. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure he's tainted goods at this point. Oh. I, I doubt if he'll have any uh, great appointments while he's serving his first two years in Congress, but. Um, and then the whole thing about forgiveness, uh, I, I'm all for that. I'm for second chances. I'm for, for letting somebody be forgiven. But being forgiven does not mean you don't have any consequences. And, uh, and so yeah. we, we may be able to say, all right, you know what? You're a doofus and we feel bad for you because apparently you got beat up a lot as a child and you're so insecure that you had to embellish who you are. Um, but that being said, we forgive you. But don't think for a second that if you broke the law, we're just going to go, okay, uh, because that doesn't need yeah. to happen. Absolutely. I will say that it has been an interesting reflection that how we started this conversation, which is there are a lot of Democrats that you could point the finger at, including the sitting president, who have done very, very similar things. But their side doesn't seem to eat their own in the way that ours does. Uh, I've seen a lot of Republicans attacking this guy. And he, he may deserve every single bit of that, but there is, a, you know, there is the political reality that he is a duly elected member 
of the Republican Congress and, you know, maybe tamp down on, on the cannibalization a little bit. Well, maybe that's because Democrats are used to having a bunch of doofuses and we're not. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Maybe so. But I, I will say maybe it's because we hold each other to a higher standard. Uh, and that would be a positive. Well, well that's but, that's but exactly I, what I just said. You just sure said it that's nicer. Totally the case. <laughs> 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 that was the case. That, that was the diplomatic way of doing it. But I will say this, and I'm not even joking. I do wonder, you know, what about these, this guy's family? Yeah. I mean, my family, no way my family would let me get away with something like that. Yeah. They'd be like, no, you didn't. No, you did not. No, you did not go to that school. No, you did not have the – you didn't ever work for Citibank. Yeah. Um, and so it, it just does kind of make you wonder about the people surrounding him, um, working for him as staff, and then just kind of friends and family. You know, nobody was – it's like watching American Idol, and you're like, nobody told you you couldn't sing? Yeah. Where is this guy's family <laughs> saying, hey, let, let's, let's, <laughs> let's take a step back, and if you can win as you, let's go. But if you can't. Maybe maybe don't do this. Isn't that how Rachel Dolezal, the infamous uh, I identify as yeah. a black woman working for the NAACP, she's really white. Isn't that how she got outed yeah. because her sister said, we're not a black family. What are you doing? And it kind of came out. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. My sister would do that to me. As well. No question. And, 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 and speaking of how we started this conversation, there are no secrets in my house. When you have seven children, um, secrets are not allowed, and there are no secrets, and nothing can be hidden. So that would be a zero-sum game for me. That's right. If not, you're going to, have to be holding a chicken in the next picture. That's the way it's going to work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Stephanie Smith. Uh, folks, you can find out more about Stephanie and the consulting work she still does and does quite effectively at ThatcherCoalition.com. Uh, we appreciate your time, and you have a happy new year, my friend. Thanks. I appreciate it, Phil. All right, take care. Uh, that was good. That was lively. Boomer, go ahead and take us to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We're going to come right back and stay on this topic. Big, fat lies. Fat ones. Big, fat lies. By the way, I just had a friend text me and said, so I'm fat-ish. No, no, it doesn't work. Stop. Ish. You can't use ish for everything. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time all right so listen we're going to keep moving here we got a few minutes left for the top of the hour let me just pause real quickly though and tell you just love coffee cafe they have been with us now as one of our our show sponsors for quite a while and they are doing an amazing job and and this cold weather we've been having is like the perfect cappuccino weather i'm just saying you might want to stop by Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road out in Madison towards City Hall, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville down there by Whole Foods. Check them out because, first of all, do they have great coffee? Well, yeah, it's called Just Love Coffee Cafe, so you imagine they do. Award-winning dry roast. They can grind the beans fresh. They can, they can literally uh, make you that cup of light roast, medium roast, dark roast. 
and it is worth your time. Here's the other thing, though. They got what Charlene calls the treat coffees. They got the espressos, the lattes, the cappuccinos. Yes. Stop by and check them out. They've got an atmosphere worth sitting around in. They've got the Wi-Fi you can use for a while. You can meet folks, hang out with friends, or just pick it up to go. And then the food, mm, there's that too. All right, folks, Phil Williams is saying, go on down. Get you some at Just Love Coffee Cafe. Two locations, Hughes Road in Madison, South Parkway in Huntsville. And please tell them you heard about it on the Right Side Radio. I would appreciate it. All right, jumping right back now, we're in Big Fat Lies. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a couple things here. First of all, like I said, this guy, George Santos, he's a knucklehead. Uh, there's no two ways around it. It's sad. It's, it's kind of pitiful, to be honest. And the last thing you want is someone who is elected to be one of your congressmen, and your first thought is he's pitiful. I mean, pitiful. Like squishy, I can't find my way out of a wet paper bag, pitiful. Not pitiful-ish. Just no. pitiful. <laughs> just pitiful. <laughs> just, just plain old pitiful. Um, but here's the thing. I got to ask, how is it that, and, and, and Stephanie Smith brought this up a few minutes ago, how is it that it is such a heinous thing right now? I'll tell you why, because it's a Republican. And so there is uh, some measure of cannibalization, to quote uh, Stephanie, that, you know, the Republicans are taking issue with one of their own doing this, but the liberal media is having a field day. But here's the thing. They ignore it completely when it comes to the top of the Democrat ticket right now, President Joe Biden. So I got an article here from Fox News dated yesterday. Headline, George Santos scandal brings renewed attention to Biden's fabrications. Is it? Is it really? Well, it is on Right Side Radio, so let me read the article. Um, He points out that there were a number of things that even derailed President Biden's previous attempts to run for high office. In 1988, he was running for for Congress, and it came out, excuse me, for, for the presidency, and it came out that he had lied about his own college career, and he got caught, and it derailed why did that lie not hurt him now? Because it's only a part of a list of lies. Like, here we go. You ready? For years, Biden has been criticized for fabricating stories from claiming to have been arrested in apartheid South Africa to being in a helicopter that was forced down by al-Qaeda insurgents in Afghanistan. All right. Most recently, he was criticized for telling the people of the devastated island, of, uh, hurricane-devastated island of Puerto Rico, that he had been raised in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. What does that even mean? No one knows, because it's not true. In November of 21, he said during a speech in New Hampshire that his house burned down with his wife, Jill, inside. Yeah, it didn't happen. Um, Then he also talked about the false story about an Amtrak employee, because he used to ride the train from Delaware to D.C., and an Amtrak employee who apparently didn't actually work for Amtrak. The employee Biden frequently mentions actually died a year before the story was supposed to have taken place. In 2019, Biden told a crowd of college students that he had had a harrowing story about a Navy captain in Afghanistan, and it was later debunked. And on top of that, he talks about hearing gunshots at an Amish schoolhouse when he was playing golf in Pennsylvania. There's no golf course anywhere close to that schoolhouse. It goes on and on. We'll talk about it more when we get back. We're going to keep moving here a little bit longer. Big Fat Lies. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios, local, state, national. We cover down on all of the issues and, like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. So how are we possibly in hour number three? We were just talking about this and how it just flies by. Um, Time flies when you're having fun, I guess. Yep. Uh, yeah, I enjoy the fact that I've got a job here that uh, I don't mind doing, and the time flies when I'm doing it, so that's mm-hmm. good stuff. All right, um, hey, I, I tell you what, we're sticking with this topic, Big Fat Liars, and I got a caller on line one. Is that Steve from Tennessee? It is. Steve from Tennessee. How you doing, brother? Hey, Phil, I'm doing well. I just wanted to say that, you know, the people that are prone to lie and do it, you know, regularly, sometimes if you hit them with a question out of left field, they'll accidentally tell you the truth. And I don't know if you recall this clip on Biden, but he did that and, and said, and, and Hannity played this thing for a little bit, and then it disappeared. And I guess he was told not to play it anymore, but Biden said, we've put together the best voter fraud organization that's ever been. <laughs> you seen that clip? Uh, I've heard of it. I never saw it, but I, I definitely heard of it, yes. Wow. I'd be wondering if you could even find it. But I'm just saying, you hit them with a question that they don't expect. And sometimes you'll actually get the big fat truth out of the big fat liar. There you go. That's That's my two cents. Exactly right. Hey, man, happy new year. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate you. Oh, wow. It's right. You know what? Uh, Yeah. When, when, when off the cuff reveals what's like, it's like that guy Santos on the other night on Tucker Carlson, Boomer, when he was, when he was being asked a question he goes, well, I could go in the weeds, but it would just go over the heads of the vast majority of Americans watching the show. I thought, and she, she even he said, did not prepare for that one. <laughs> no. And, and Tulsi Gabbard even said something back to him to the effect of you just insulted. And that, that, that's indicative of an attitude you seem to have here of indifference to this issue. And um, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that's kind of where she was headed. Um, wow. Okay. Hey, by the way, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Call in. Call in and tell us what you're thinking. 833-687-4448. Big fat liars. Fat liars. So, yeah, fat liar. Big old fat Big liars. Old fat liars. Not fat-ish. They're <laughs> Fat lies. These lies are not skinny. These these are these are big old fat lies. So here's um here's some more off the Biden resume, just so you know. Uh, I mentioned the fact that um, in 2013 he apparently said that he heard gunshots at an Amish schoolhouse shooting that killed five students while he was playing golf nearby in Pennsylvania. Except that the Washington Times pointed out that there's no golf course anywhere in that area. Why would he do that? In 2007. Biden said he had been shot at during a trip years earlier to Iraq. He later clarified that he was near where a shot had landed. Okay, whatever. Um, During his failed 88 presidential campaign, Biden was busted for lying about his academic record and for plagiarizing speeches on the campaign trail, which ultimately derailed his bid. Yeah. Uh, He also said this during that same campaign stop. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship. The only one in my class to have a full academic scholarship Ended up graduating the top half of my class. 
with three degrees. And later on, he admitted that, in fact, he had graduated the bottom of his class. He only had a partial scholarship, and he only had one degree. Why would you, why would you do that? You know it's going to – I mean, you would think they would know it's going to come out. Like, but he's actually been called on the carpet by this before. It derailed <laughs> a campaign, and yet he still does it to this day. Man. Um, he also said at the time that he marched with tens of thousands during the Civil Rights Movement, but that also turned out to be false. It goes on and on. Um, Jonas, Jonah Goldberg from the Dispatch said, Santos is a total embarrassment, has no place in public life, but a lot of folks on this site dinging him seem to have forgotten how much both the current president and his predecessor embellished about their accomplishments. And he's talking about Trump, too, because he doesn't like Trump. Um, so, wow. So what about, um, what about some others? I mean, around the nation, it still happens. It, it does. Uh, it, 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 it happens too often, actually. Like, for instance, a story here uh, from 2018, Fox News ran a piece about candidates around the nation. And just, just things, you know, just stuff, just lies. Just like big fat lies. Like in September of that year, an American Working Families Party candidate, that's an Oregon boomer. I didn't know there was an American Working Families Party in Oregon running for office. Did not know this. Okay. Anyway, uh, she claimed she had a bachelor's degree and she didn't. Why would you say it? Why would you even say, I've got a bachelor's degree, which is so easily provable, a simple request for confirmation to the college, and it's, it's, you're, you're, you're done. So, yeah, she claimed to have a Amanda LaBelle. She was running for Oregon House, and she claimed to have a bachelor's degree and did not. How about the Republican House candidate in uh, uh, Florida um, named LaBelle, who uh, had to drop out of the race after admitting to lying about having a college degree herself? Uh, her name was Melissa Howard. How about uh, voters questioning Julia Salazar, a Democratic socialist candidate for New York State Senate uh, back in 2018, who came under fire for telling reporters she was an immigrant from Colombia who struggled financially growing up when really she was born in Florida and had hundreds of thousands of dollars in a trust fund. Why would you do that? I mean, sooner or later, someone who knows is going to go, yeah, I was there and that didn't happen. Um, You know, the whole stolen valor thing. There I was, knee-deep in bloods and bullets, hordes of Chinese coming over the hill, me down to my last round. No lie. I was there. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. Because at some point, someone's going to say, well, show me your DD-214, or uh, who'd you serve with? Or, you know, if you remember that scene from, um, oh, gosh, what was the movie with Eddie Murphy, uh, where he's, remember, do you remember this movie? Trading Places. Oh, yes. He starts off, he's a beggar on the street at the beginning, and he's, he's <laughs> pretending to be a homeless veteran or a crippled veteran. And, and somebody goes, where'd you serve? Well, I, I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I was Agent Orange in uh, Special Operations and uh, whatever. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> I mean, it's ama- and by the way, there's a whole website on Stolen Valor. You can go to Stolen Valor. Uh, I think it's .com, actually. And, um, and there's all kinds of stories. Well, how about U.S. Senate... U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut. U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal, uh, it came out in 2010 that as he was running for office, that he had been talking about being a Vietnam veteran when in truth he wasn't. He had been in the Marine Corps Reserve. Thank you for your service, sir. Semper Fi. He had been in the Marine Corps Reserve, but he had never been overseas, and yet he constantly implied that he was a Vietnam veteran. And then he tried to say in his press conference as he dealt with the issue that he had used a few misplaced words when describing his service. A few misplaced words. 
to attempt to portray himself as that which he was not. Let me go to the phones real quick. Uh, line one, James from Birmingham. James, how you doing, man? Uh, well enough, you know, praise the Lord. I'm glad to hear it. What, what's on your mind? Oh, man, big fat lies. I mean, what about like the biggest, fattest lie that, uh, how about anybody is uh, pretty much guilty of it in this country that is so uh, readily accepted? How about we just come out to Christmas and all kinds of people who are, uh, you know, taking issue with these are guilty of uh, lying about Santa Claus to their children. <laughs> well, that, okay. Um, I, I guess we could say that. I'm kind of talking about politicians, not about parents trying to have a good time with their kids. But, uh, well, but, maybe they should start with their own, uh, you know, their own house and handle their own business because the Scripture says that no lie is of the truth. Okay, so in your in your in so in your in your construction, you you believe that a a parent who told their kids that Santa Claus was bringing gifts and and created the mystery and the wonder of Christmas by doing that uh, is is right on par with the person who lied about their resume to be elected to an office. Is what you're saying? Well, you know how in the back of the Bible it lists all these people who will not inherit the kingdom of God and they don't have a part in New Jerusalem and everything. The only one that it specifies all shall have their part in the lake of fire is liars. So I wouldn't play around with it if I was you. We don't teach our kids that lie. Okay. So. Well, I'm proud for you, James, and uh, and thanks for the call, man. I got some help on line. I got some on line two. Is that line two? Jerry from Decatur. Hey, Jerry, Phil Williams, how you doing today? You got him on? Oh, Jerry, Jerry from Decatur, how you doing, sir? Doing good, Phil. How you today? I'm good. I'm good. What's on your mind? Well, I got you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year uh, to you, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. I, I was reminded of Hillary Clinton when she was uh, running for president and uh, come up with this deal about coming under fire, running to or from a helicopter. I can't remember exactly the whole story. Oh, yeah. I, you remember that? I do. And it's the Democrat. The, the, the Democrats always have to build themselves up. Joe Biden was lying from the start, trying to say he wanted to take Trump out behind the woodpile and whoop him. You know, he ain't never whooped nobody. And uh, he always wants to portray themselves as something strong when they're not. And uh, to just have an ear and uh, kind of be braggadocious on yourself to uh, to uh, build himself up when they're when they're they're nobodies they're nothing and uh, I just wanted to pass that along to you man now you're 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 absolutely right man and the story you were referring to was uh, Hillary Clinton said in a 2008 speech that she had gone to Bosnia and her helicopter landed under intense sniper fire and it was absolutely made up Absolutely. That's the story. I'm sorry I couldn't remember when and where and all that, but I knew there was a story about her. It, and it's just, they're all just all peas in a pot there. They just, all, they're just constant lies. Hey, Jerry, thanks for the call, and man. The thing about, yeah, the but, thing about Joe Biden, but Joe Biden, he thinks he can go get absolution from the church, from the Catholic Church, and so he can just get the freedom to lie all he wants to. Well, apparently he, he's going to uh, keep on. I, I think it's habitual with him, though. It's, that's kind of the, the, the thing. But, um, hey, Jerry, got to go to got to run to a break, brother. Appreciate you. We're up against the time, so let me do that real quick. Um, Jerry, thanks. Merry, happy, happy New Year. Uh, Boomer, take us to the break, brother. I'll do that. Uh, I just looked at the clock and realized I'm just talking away and forgetting that we have commercials that have to actually play. So we'll take a break right now. 
And we'll just come back and put a lid on this one. Going to move down to number three of the Triple Dipper. Switching gears all together. Green blackouts. What's that? Yeah. Green energy blackouts. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Hey, by the way, before we go too much further, I'm gonna have to read some text messages, and I also gotta tell you about my friends at uh, Riley and Jackson Law Firm. So, here's the deal: Riley and Jackson. These are folks that I know. By the way, I'm not just doing this in the blind. These are not like some lawyers that just paid me to say this. I know these folks personally. All right, I've worked with them on cases. I've even worked with them on some issues. Riley and Jackson, they're a law firm that's not just right on the law, they're right on politics, if you know what I'm saying. So Riley and Jackson Law Firm let me know that they're working hard on this Camp Lejeune water contamination thing. So if you were a service member or a dependent, or for that matter, a contractor or just an extended visitor, and you were there between somewhere between 1953 and 1987, big window of time, you may have been exposed to contaminated water, confirmed contaminated water that has led to upwards of 19 different major illnesses. So yeah, you may be eligible for a claim. They will, they will talk with you. You'll get a real person on the phone and they'll talk you through it and they'll tell you whether you may or may not qualify for a claim and they will not get paid unless they get money for you. But they're working on another one too. They, they let me know they had several members of the Right Side audience uh, sign up as, as Camp Lejeune uh, clients, but then they also said, hey, make sure you tell them about this firefighting foam thing. I said, what's that about? They said, well, the deal is if you were a firefighter or in the military using firefighting foam, there was a form of firefighting foam that was carcinogenic. And, and it, is, it is on record now as having caused several types of cancer. And so you may be eligible for a claim if you were indeed a first responder or a military member using firefighting foam. Talk to Riley and Jackson. They'll tell you. So here's their phone number. I'm about to give it to you. They, they're based in Birmingham, but they work all over the state. Riley and Jackson, 205-879-5000. That's Riley and Jackson, 205-879-5000. And then do me a favor. Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Good stuff. Uh, oh, I got to do the thing here. <gasps> no representation made the quality legal service before the great quality legal service for other lawyers. Bam. We just quit timing it because I'm, I'm at 2.7 to 2.8 every single every time. Every single time. Like, like shabam. <laughs> just, all right. Um, I tell you what, I got to read some text messages. So first of all, Becky from Shelby County squared me away. Becky, thank you very much. Becky from Shelby County, I could not remember the date when Congress convenes. I was getting myself confused with inaugural type dates. And she reminds me, nope, they are seated next Tuesday, January 3rd. So, uh, yep, new Congress next Tuesday, January 3rd, to include George Santos. Um, all right, there's that. Uh, Danny from Decatur uh, just wanted to talk about uh, military stuff, um, said something about going on uh, at uh, Whiteman Air Force Base with a B-2 bomber. Uh, I did hear that, and they locked down all B-2s. I did see that, uh, Danny. Uh, thanks for the heads up. Uh, I think they got that, that cleared, and now the B-2s are back in the air too, by the way. 
Um, uh, oh, man, Tony from Piedmont sent me pictures of the Jeep project he's got going on. That's good stuff. I'm digging it. In fact, what's under the hood there? That does not look, that is not stock. All right, that is not stock. I'm seeing, I can't see where the distributor is. That's a Ford. That's a Ford engine, it appears. Uh, but anyway, Tony, appreciate you, man. Uh, John from Brownsboro, he heard us talking about food. By the way, in case y'all didn't know, the official food of Right Side Radio is maple bacon donuts. Um, but uh, but there's, there's that. Uh, what else have I got in here? Trying to scroll down. David from Huntsville. Um, the answer for Biden is he can't help but be stupid. That's, okay. <laughs> That's lying's part of his character. He says Scott from Huntsville says something similar. Joe B is not a pathological liar. He's a congenital liar, meaning it's a birth defect. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, uh, Glenn from Bluntsville. How many degrees does Obama not have since his records are sealed and we'll never know? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I, I think he does have an Ivy League loss. I mean, there, there's always questions though about how he got into. Uh, was it Yale Law, I think, or Harvard Law? Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, Brian from Huntsville, um, with regards to Santa, everyone knows if Santa was real, NORAD would have taken him out about 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Paul from Athens, Biden is bad on plagiarism also. Um, oh, and, and here's the quote she said that Gabbard had said. Thank you for this, Paul. With regards to George Santos saying it would go over the heads of most Americans, she said, wow. You just kind of highlighted, I think, my concerns and the concerns people at home have. You're saying that this discussion will go way above the heads of the American people, basically insulting their intelligence. That's what she said. That was, that was a heck of an interview. He, he did the right thing going on and the wrong thing talking. That's all there was to it. Michael, Ta- Michael from Taft, Tennessee, uh, says, uh, growing up, my father told me if I ever saw a politician's <laughs> lips moving, he was lying to me. Okay, there you go. Um, and then... <laughs> And then Dustin from Hazel Green goes, is Biden Catholic? Could you imagine that confessional? Okay, there's that. Uh, Hillary also claimed, according to Kenny, Hillary also claimed to have been named for Sir Edmund Hillary, but did not, he did not become known until, but he did not become known until he summited Everest in 1953, and she was born in 47. So there you have it. Um, Stephen from Madison says, a form of firefighting phone. Say that three times fast. <laughs> a form of firefighting phone. Firefighting, I can't do it. I'm going to move on. Um, listen, and then Tony from Piedmont says, the freedom to believe as a child is as important. And folks never lied to us. We just believed until we didn't. I like it. Good stuff. All right. Saying that, we're up against the break. Perfect timing. Right on the money. It's like we it's like we're experts around here or something. <laughs> Professionals. Professional. This new microphone ish. makes me feel like a professional boomer. I just want you to know. I like it. We're professional ish, yes. Ish. ish. <laughs> All right, Phil Williams, right side radio, coming right back with a third part of the triple dipper. Green blackouts. Green blackouts. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right
back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right covering down on some ground across the northern part of the great state of alabama talking about down south of birmingham up north of huntsville tuscaloosa back on over to gadsden and parts of georgia tennessee and mississippi all thrown in just for good measure um i got a caller on the line is that jeff jeff from indiana how are you my brother i'm doing fine phil how are you i'm good i'm good what's on your mind today buddy Hey, uh, you know you're talking about uh, lying and everything, politicians. Now, th- this guy in New York, if if he was to switch his party to the Democrat right now, I think they would probably all shut up pretty quick. I think they would. I don't think we'd hear anything about it because you know Democrats are you know they know they're lying and stuff, and and they don't their electorate don't care. <laughs> I mean, they're electing dead people. They're Fetterman. Yeah. stuff like that. That's, so it really doesn't matter. That's what I said uh, uh, earlier when I when Stephanie Smith was on. Was they're they're used to it in that party, so why let's let them let's let them have him. But uh, you know that majority we have right now, that Republican majority is so thin. Uh, I guarantee you, Republicans are like, oh crap, we can't stand to lose one, and they can't. They can't afford to lose a one right now. Oh, I know it's sad, but uh, but and, and you know, I hope no one ever apologizes for calling the American electorate stupid. Because, I mean, uh, the majority of the American electorate right now is stupid. In, in, in the famous words of Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> and That's that, why we got Joe Biden and is our president. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, you look at it and, and, um, and, and they, they literally campaigns go out there and they, and they say one thing and then they do another too often. And that's what's so frustrating. It's like, okay, just listen, folks, please be an informed voter. Just dig in a little bit. Find out whether it's true. You know, they're on the record. Go check their record. Go find out. But anyway. And, and that's why I need you to run for president in 24, man, because I, I want oh. somebody I can trust. Oh, <laughs> well, don't don't ever wish that on me, man. I, uh, I Right now, I've got a mission in life, and it involves a microphone. So uh, we'll, we'll just stay with what we got. Um, you, you need a new mission. <laughs> oh, well, listen. All right, Jeff, you have a good day, man. Happy New Year if we don't talk soon, all right? All right, Phil. Have a happy New Year. Thank all right. You. Take care. Uh, we, we got, we got a, we got a great audience. I tell you what, mm-hmm. Hey, um, listen, uh, I'm going to switch over here and talk a little bit in the third part of the triple dipper with what time we do have left. Um, and, and I got to tell you, this is a big deal. This is, this is huge. So we just had a generational cold wave, like the kind that you don't see in an entire generation, but once we're talking single digit temperatures. And I just saw pictures a while ago. I mean, it was, it was a huge swath of the nation, by the way. I just saw pictures a while ago of um, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, uh, I think it's Buffalo. Isn't Buffalo on Lake Erie? I believe it is. Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo uh, lakefront houses where the lakefront spray blew in off the water and froze to the out. And the houses look like they're carved out of ice. The whole house is just – And but then down here, we had issues. I mean – you got pipes bursting everywhere. You got things that are happening like that. You got water systems. That's it. That's the picture I saw. You got water systems that are um, uh, are, are in jeopardy. In Selma, Alabama, we got uh, an entire water system in jeopardy. But in the meantime, what we didn't expect to have happen happened. TVA, 
which covers a huge section of this listening area. TVA is the power source that so many Alabamians, Tennesseans, and others rely on. TVA had rolling blackouts. Now listen, when I was in Baghdad in 04, rolling blackouts were a thing because the grid could not sustain the level of, um, of draw. The, the, when you get to peak usage, the grid couldn't sustain it. And people were, were literally, you know, they were complaining because power would go out in one place in order to maintain the system they had to do it. You don't expect that here. That was a war-torn nation where the, the tyrant who had run it had, had no means of, of, of running it well, no ability to run it well. And, and yet, this is America. And we had rolling blackouts with TVA? TVA has been around for almost 90 years. In 90 years, they have never had rolling blackouts. They just did. Well, it was a generational cold. I get it. It was, it was massive peak usage. Uh, story here that I've got on, uh, which one have I got? Let's see, which one do I want? I've got several stories here on the issue. Um, one of them just cited the fact that we were at uh, peak production for TVA. At the same time, we were at peak usage. In other words, we were, at, we were spiking both. They had never produced that much electricity, and it still wasn't enough. So I get it, but rolling blackout in America, that shouldn't be a thing. So 18 this came out, uh, today's date. Dale Strong, uh, the new congressman-elect who takes his seat next week. Thank you, Becky, for Shelby County. Uh, Dale Strong and Mo Brooks, the outgoing congressman, both blast TVA for North Alabama rolling blackouts. They cite a green energy push and the abandonment of the Belfont nuclear plant for the shortcomings. So two things there. One is there is a constant barrage of activism against um, official and unofficial against uh, uh, TVA and other, and other power providers for that matter. Uh, you maintain a grid, you're going to hear from the activists. But, but that being said, the activists are pushing pushing and pushing constantly, trying to increase the level uh, of the um, uh, renewables, so, so-called renewables, uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the portfolio. Now, right now, here's the port. Now, Times Free Press of Chattanooga did a great piece on this. Um, Times Free Press of Chattanooga has, here's the breakdown story that came out uh, two days ago. They say that TVA's energy mix is 39% nuclear, 26% natural gas, 19% coal, 11% hydro, 3% solar and wind. So when I say renewables, I'm not saying that that's the vast majority, but it's an increase over where it used to be. Two things have happened. One is they point out in this article that future Congressman Strong and now Congressman Brooks both point out that TVA is been in pursuit of shutting down its coal-fired plants, bowing to the whims of the Biden administration and the Green Party and the Green uh, activists. They are literally beginning to close down coal-fired plants. And, and, and Dale Strong even said, over the last several years, the TVA has declined to pursue completing the Belfont nuclear plant, I'll get to that in a minute, and closed two coal-fired plants in North Alabama. At the time each of these decisions were made, we were assured TVA had plenty of generating capacity to power the entire Tennessee Valley. But in light of the recent rolling blackouts across North Alabama, I would like to hear from TVA on the status of their current capacity. And he went on to say he tends to ensure his constituents have power during a winter storm if it ever happens again. Outgoing U.S. Representative Mo Brooks gave a harsher criticism. Go figure. Uh, Nothing to lose and never one to mince words. 
uh, gave a harsher criticism of how the TVA had handled the recent cold weather. He told 1819 News that he, too, wanted to see the Belfont project completed and called the TVA's refusal to do so the worst federal boondoggle in history. He said there's a big and a small picture. Coal and nuclear are cheaper, thus saving TVA citizens on the utility bills. Notwithstanding that, TVA has shifted in favor of what he calls exotics that are both less reliable and more expensive. And then he talked about Belfont nuclear plant. So here's the thing. As a state legislator uh, in northeast Alabama, I was asked to go and tour the Belfont nuclear plant facility. If you're not familiar, it sits over in Jackson County at Scottsboro, that area. It's a full-on, when you drive up, you're like, wow, this thing is it's like out of the movies. It's huge. you got those giant, you know, kind of hourglass, reverse hourglass-shaped stacks. And, and, and there it sits. Started in the 70s. And in, in actually, it's in Hollywood, Alabama, near Scottsboro. It got to the point of being close to 90% complete when, for reasons unknown, TVA shelved the project and then restarted it again several times and then shut it down again. In 2021, they just pulled all final requests and construction permits and abandoned this plant, which if you drive up, you're looking at it going, how did we abandon something that is almost finished? After how much was spent on it? Well, a guy named Franklin Haney came in. He owns a company called Nuclear Development LLC. He offered to buy the plant for $111 million, which, by the way, is a fraction of what TVA spent. TVA spent $6 billion on the Belfont plant and never fired it up. Never once. Haney offered to buy it for $111 million and complete the construction and then move forward with bringing new power to the grid as a privately owned nuclear development. TVA initially took his offer, and then TVA backed off. Some believe that what happened was, in order to secure the financing for the project, that Haney had, agreed, had, had signed an agreement with the city of Memphis to provide them with nuclear power. And that TVA didn't want to lose that major client. There was also the belief that green activists got involved and, and gummed up the works. Whatever the case, we have a massive, almost nuclear facility sitting in northeast Alabama producing nothing. And TVA is sitting on it, and they won't do a thing about it. In the meantime, they're shutting down coal plants. Why? Because the Biden administration has got a war on coal. And then we have rolling blackouts for the first time in history. Now, rolling blackouts are not new. We just had them in California in the heat. Rolling blackouts in California. California, by the way, has its own GDP that is bigger than most countries in the world. California, the epicenter of Silicon Valley. California, the place where it's supposedly so amazingly progressive that all things work together well if you live in California. Not so. They can't control the grid in the high peak times, and they were warning people of overusage causing rolling blackouts in California during summer heat. And we've experienced the same thing here in winter cold. What we're seeing is grids that are being converted to more, and I, by the way, I'm not an expert. I, I don't try to portray myself as an expert, but I'm reading what's going on in the various levels of reporting, and I'm trying to do a deep dive on it and give you the facts. And what we're seeing is the expansion of the green portfolio, the shutdown of the gas-operated plants, and the refusal to expand nuclear capability, and suddenly we're having rolling blackouts for the first time in modern history in the United States. And that shouldn't be happening. 
Shouldn't be happening at all. And TVA has got some explaining to do. Boomer, take us to a break, man. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back and put a lid on that one. Wrapping it up, green blackouts. Can you imagine? 10 degrees outside and your power goes off. That sucks. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Loving this new microphone, Boomer. Thank you, my friend. Boomer gave me a new microphone for Christmas, and it is like uh, silky smooth. <laughs> like like I'm a crooner now. I'm a, I'm a crooner. Is a that a crooner. word? A crooner. I'm a Ish. crooner. A crooner. I just feel like like Frank Sinatra just stepped out. Fly me <laughs> to the moon. Anyway, all right. So, uh, hey, listen, I got to tell you guys, uh, ZLA Solutions – our original sponsor, been with the show since the day we went on the air. ZLA Solutions is just doing an epic good job at, 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 at getting people and jobs lined up. If you personally are looking for a job, you can go to their website, ZLAUSA.com. You can check it out. You will find jobs posted all over North Alabama right now and beyond, for that matter. Good-paying jobs with good employers, high wages. Check them out. But if you're also an employer needing to fill out the ranks of your workforce, well, then, yeah, ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. They can do the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing. They can do it blue collar, white collar, no collar. It don't matter. ZLA Solutions, I know these folks personally. I talk to them all the time. They're good at what they do. Just had one of the best years they've ever had because they're being sought after. And they, but by the way, they're, they're constantly hearing people say, I've heard about y'all on the radio. That's why we called. Um, had a truck driver pulled up in front of ZLA's uh, office not long ago and say, this is ZLA. I've been hearing about y'all on the radio all the time. Anyway, check them out. ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And, uh, and tell them you heard about it on the Right Side Radio. I'd appreciate that, too. I uh, had uh, a number of texts come in um, and, uh, and, and just, just all kinds of stuff. I'm trying to find, where was it? Uh, Rita from Scottsboro said, how come we're having single-digit temperatures and, and we're not hearing anything about global warming now? <laughs> Funny how that works. Um, they call it climate change, by the way, now, Rita. That's the thing. That way they can, it, no matter what the temperature does, they can still call it climate change. So it's, you'll notice the buzzwords used to be we were going to wind up having the, uh, the next ice age back in you know, the late 70s. Uh, we were looking at uh, uh, acid rain. We were talking about all the different things that were going to crush the world. And now what we have is just climate change. That way they can add anything they want to under that umbrella. Uh, Grandma Wanda from Coleman, I see your eat your text. Thank you very much. Uh, Raven from Russellville. <laughs> Raven from Russellville says, between the Green New Deal and the cow farts, we might be in trouble. <laughs> that cow flatulence, man, that'll 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 yeah, that'll get you. Rolling blackouts left and right with that cow flatulence messing <laughs> things up. Um, all right, hey, listen, you got to look at this too, and you and you recognize I. I 
TVA, you want to believe they know what they're doing, but I also know this. They are being forced to do things. And they're also, by the way, answering the call of the activists who don't have our best interests at heart. They'll claim, it's for the environment. No, it's not. It's because you have a passion about something that you're just ornery about, and, and we're all supposed to just suffer. Well, you need to use less electricity anyway. Well, then why are you making us drive electric cars? I mean, this depends on which way. Well, it's carbon emissions. Okay, what are we going to do when we plug all those cars in at night and try to charge them for the next day and the rolling blackouts occur and then we can't charge our cars so we can't go to work? What do we do? Uh, the ambulance has to be powered by, uh, you know, an electric uh, vehicle or EV systems and we can't get somebody to the hospital. What do we do? These kind of things are just not thought through and we're seeing it right now. Uh, in fact, I've got a story here. This, this, this one... Boomer, when you were helping with the resources this morning, did you see the story about North Carolina? Ooh, I did. That's just a weird story. So I did not know this. So, I mean, I do know there's one aspect of if you set up like solar cells or windmill power at your house and you generate more than your house needs, you can actually have the power bought back from you by whoever your service provider is, like Alabama Power or TVA. You can arrange for them to buy your excess power. They'll do that. Kind of weird. But how about this? What if we move to electric vehicles as a modern, you know, movement, like there's millions of them, and they're all like a bunch of batteries sitting in a garage? Can we do reverse charging to where the power grid can then draw from your electric vehicles while you're sleeping at night? Huh. Well, they're talking about it right now. A uh, story out of uh, North Carolina uh, electric vehicle advocates dream of a day when millions of electric cars can help back up America's energy grids by letting their power be drawn down because they're plugged in at night. They're sourced into the system. It's kind of like a hack almost. Right. It would be it would be powering the grids, but then there would be no power for the car. So I, I look at that and go, yeah. <laughs> so, but you 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 come home with half a charge. You plug it in for the night. You're ready to go the next morning. You can't start the car. Why? Because, oh, I don't know, maybe Duke Energy tapped in and stole your power overnight. <laughs> this is fraught with disaster. This is like saying, you know, we don't have enough to feed people, so we're going to reach into your refrigerator and get a little something-something. That's right. Wow. Well, did you hear about the Tesla owner? that He was a, a 44-year-old uh, radio presenter, and he had to cancel his Christmas plans because his Tesla would not charge in the 19-degree weather. Oh, that's right. I heard that they they, they struggle with charging in cold weather. Mm -hmm. So it just never charged. So he missed Christmas. Yeah. Dang. I know. Sad. He didn't have another form of transportation. I hope he sent Elon Musk a tweet about that one. I think he tried to get a hold of Tesla, and he I don't know if he's heard back now. This was five days ago, this this uh, this article. Well, I, I, it's, uh, this is not going to work. <laughs> the, the the push towards mandatory EV and saying that by 2035 we're going to have all vehicles in California are going to be electric is not going to work. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's going to disrupt commerce. It's going to it's going to be a complete boondoggle. And especially if the energy grid is allowed to tap into your garage Ooh. and draw some power down from your vehicle while you thought you were charging, you're really helping fuel you know somebody's house down the street who needed more power. Uh oh. Green blackouts. That's what I call it. Green blackouts. All right, folks. Great day. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Boomer and I back here tomorrow at 2. Y'all have an amazing night. We'll see you then.
Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right. 